You know what? I was just thinking when you were um, up there, when you said that the Lord had spoken to you, you felt for the first time out of the book of Job. So many people think the book of Job is about suffering, but the book of Job is about integrity. The book of Job is about a man's uh, refusal to bow his standards, uh, to curse God and die in suffering. But I just want to commend you and I just want you to know that if God is speaking to you out of the book of Job, I expect you to be a man of integrity. That um, There's no telling what God's going to do with you, young man. Amen? No telling. Oh, Jesus. What are you doing in the book of Job anyway? (laughs) It's just a question that that runs through the mind. Before we get into the Word, which I'm so excited to do this morning, uh, a couple of announcements. We have new classes beginning this Wednesday night. And guys, they are rich, and they are deep, and there is water there for you. If you would like to participate, this is a perfect time to start the sessions run for seven weeks, so it's not like you're committing your whole life, just seven weeks of it. And um, there's a sign-up, there's a table out in the foyer where all of the teachers will be if you want to talk to them about the classes. A couple of them have workbooks, and you can buy the workbook at the table if you would like to. Um, I encourage you, I strongly encourage you to participate in that. You can never have too much word in you. Never have too much word in you. The other thing is that this Saturday from 9 to 12, there is a worship seminar here, in case you didn't know. Um, Worship is a lifestyle. It is being, um, our guest speaker is Pastor Wayne Berry. You don't have to be on the praise team to become a part of it or to participate in it. If you are a worshiper or if you desire to be a worshiper and to order your life according to God's word in that area, this is a perfect opportunity for you to come and be a part of something. Um, 9 to 12 Saturday, and you can sign up for that as well out in the foyer. Oh, Jesus, where did our pastor go? (laughs) I don't know, but does that seat seem really big and empty right now to you guys? I'll just go ahead and put the neon arrow there. (laughs) You know, but I do want to open before we start. Can we stand? And I would just really love to pray for them because I miss them. I um. Father, I just thank you so much for our pastor and for Pastor Margaret, Pastor Ronnie. Father, I thank you for their family. I thank you, Father, for the rich deposit that you've given them for this house. Father, and I thank you for how our hearts are knit with theirs. Now, Father, in those knit places, I ask God that we be able to release blessing toward them today, God. I ask that you breathe life over and into them. I pray, Father, you refresh them. I pray, Father, this be a day of joy and revelation and peace. Father, I just ask that you surround them, encompass them, Father, while they're away. And then, God, please just bring them home safe to us. We bless you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. And you stay, stay, wait, 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 wait. We're going to get in the Word. Otherwise, you all will give me that dirty look if I let you sit down and you get all comfortable. Oh, I want to try it. No, let's just sit down. Um, We're going to get into the Word and uh, see what God has for us today because I know He has something for us. Can you just... Give us the scriptures would be awesome. God's just giving you time to ponder how much you miss our pastors. 
It's Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. All right. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And then one additional scripture. This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Father, we bless you for your word. I thank you so much, Father, for your words. I thank you, Father God, for everything that you have spoken over us, God, and into us. And Father, today we come under your words, God. We come under your word, the power, the force, the energy of your words today, Father God. I pray, Lord, you teach us. You said that you would awaken our hearts morning by morning to be taught of you. And that's what we ask today, God. Wake us up and teach us, God. Let our hearts retain what you have to say. Father, I pray that everything that comes from me would just fall away. They would forget it in a heartbeat. But God, everything that comes from you, I pray it would go deep and produce fruit, Father God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I am so excited about the word today. I was more excited about the word today when I thought I was just going to get to jump in and talk to you about blessings. Because people like blessings. Woohoo! Let's have a couple of those. Oh, but there was an issue with your blessing. (laughs) Not really an issue with your blessing. Actually, it works out perfectly because God always connects the dots. He just does. And I thought I was taken off on a tangent somewhere up until Pastor Ronnie taught last week. And he, God is just so seamless. You know, he, he just flows. There is no break in his presence. There is no... And so last week when Pastor Ronnie got up to speak and he was sharing with us about the young man who had graduated from college and when he had come home, he shared with his father, you know, I've gotten my degree now, to which his father basically responded, so what? Big deal. And Pastor Ronnie made the statement, he said, he said, I can't help but imagine the difference it would make in his life if those words could have been retracted, if, they could, if his dad could have just said, I'm sorry. What a difference because, see, the young man lost his ability. Really, he was a music major, and he lost his ability to retain lyrics, to retain those words. And uh, 
Pastor Ronnie was putting those two things together and going, do you understand what happened, how this connection was made? And when that was taking place, I was sitting there, and the thing that was in my spirit was, while he's going, what a difference it would make in this young man's life if those words could be taken away. What was in my spirit was the people sitting in this room that are going, were reliving that moment in their own lives, that were going, I wish I could take that back. Or, I wish those words that were spoken over me could be gone. I wish that could go, I just, I want that to go away. And so while he went on with his message, I felt like there were people in this room that stayed in that moment. That stayed in that moment going, God, what would be different if I hadn't heard that? What if that hadn't been spoken over me and into me? How would it be different? And that just... I felt like God said, I do want you to teach on spiritual blessings, and I'm going to in the next three weeks. But I felt like he went, they can't get there from here yet. First, we've got to erase some words so that we can write some more words. We've got to clean a slate before I can begin to release the word of God into your life. And and I just, I love the way he is. And I said, but God, I, I can't talk to these people about being under a curse of words because they're happy. God, this is a joyous place. Lord, they don't act like there's anything wrong with them. And then I ran into this person and they said, Oh, I can I, you know, I can put on any face that I need to. I can put on any face that I need to, and I do when I, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm not a, a, accusing anyone of being fake. Or phony, I'm just saying, God is not fooled. God is not fooled. And what I have come to share with you today is what I feel like God has told me to share with you. And that's what I want to share. See, because we can't walk in the blessing as long as we are living under cursed words. Cursed words. Words, 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 words. Our society is words. There are 20 million blogs. Okay, I have one, but... (laughs) But I see the insanity of it even when I'm writing it. I'm telling you the truth. Twitter, Facebook, guys, put your phones down. (laughs) Um, Twitter, Facebook, Blogspot, Blogger, WordPress, whatever. Everything is words. We're bombarded constantly by words. Do you ever just want to go, stop? Let me hear you do it. <laughs> Stop. But we're just bombarded. And it would be a small thing if they were just words. But they're not just words. <laughs> I've shared this with you guys before, but I can't get away from it. The, the, the way that, that science catches up to God and goes, ta-da, you know, it's like, we came up with this, really? Well, I found it in Proverbs, <laughs> you know? Really? You just came up with this? Well, about 2,000 years ago, and God told us there's life and death and the power of the tongue. God told us that. And we just let it fly on by, yeah, life and work, you know, bad words, good words, whatever. There is force and energy and power that is sustained in words. The new technology that they're working on right now and I know that I've shared this at a, at maybe in a class or something, the technology that they're working on right now, 
Because sound waves, words, when they're released into the atmosphere, they don't stop. There's a force and an energy to them. If you speak right here, and, and I would say that Brother Rodney could amen this. When you speak right now and the breath goes out into the air, your words go out, the, the force of your words, molecules are changed right here. Your atmosphere is changed by your words. When the wind is released, when the ruah, when the breath is released, this area shifts. That's your words. Can you imagine what shifts at his words? Can you even... Oh, Jesus. I'm going to get happy. Um, (laughs) Can you even throw a shoe? (laughs) You're in the front, buddy. (laughs) Um, Can you even imagine what shifts in your universe when he releases words? So the technology that they think they have come up with or that they're hoping to come up with, see, when the sound is released, okay, it may bounce, it may go out, but it continues to move and there's an energy and force to it and it doesn't stop. Now, it could be absorbed by something. It could be absorbed by a wall. It could be absorbed by a rock. It could be absorbed in a cave. Could be absorbed in a person. And those waves just continue. The force and energy behind those words continue. So their technology is, what they're hoping to do, is to be able to go to create a technology that would retrieve those sound waves from inanimate objects. To be able to go into those caves, retrieve those sound waves, put them back together and hear ancient conversations. If these walls could talk... They just might. Boy, that'll make you run out into the middle of a field to say anything, won't it? (laughs) If these walls could talk. We don't want some of those conversations heard. And you think about it when you go, well, you can't take those words back yet. One day. But the power, the force, the energy in words. And they are all around us. And what they create is an atmosphere, an environment of being continually fed this stuff, continually covered, and that we eventually come under something. We eventually tuck ourselves into a set of words, a, a force and an energy, and we begin to obey that. We begin to operate according to that. And what Scripture tells us When scripture says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, it has everything to do with this. Because the words that are used here talk about life. You can either be, I want to pull this up because I have got to tell you this. You can choose two ways to live. And I felt like God just went, I want you to put that choice in front of them and just let them look at it for a moment. You can either live kai baraka, which is according to life and blessing. And I want you to hear what it, it actually means. If I can find it, it went away. It means to live under this blessing. Curse and blessing. Kaibaraka, maves, kelala. They're both prayers. Okay? The way that they're released, they're, uh, it's, it's a breath. But the blessing is a benediction. The blessing is something that's already been spoken over you. The curse is an invocation. It is the hope of something coming into. 
So the curse isn't a done deal. The blessing's already been spoken. But this is your choice. When when he says you can choose life and blessing or death and uh, cursing, it, it is in life it says alive, quickened, revived. Anybody need to be revived? <laughs> Flowing as in rivers, fresh as in waters, active, lively in daily life, in community, in relationship. It is the ice cold splash of life that awakens us to what God has called us to. And it goes on and it says, it's a prayer, a benediction that releases God's favor, an affording of of advantage, support, confirmation, being sustained, an invocation publicly given for your good. I want to live there. I want to go to there. I want to go to that place of blessing. Now listen to this, the curse side of it. it. It's really a bummer. The curse, it says, I, this just, I don't know why. It says, living in the realm of the dead. For you zombie lovers, that should not be an issue. But for the rest of us, living in the realm of the dead. Living in the realm of the dead. Oh, but here's the real kicker of it. It, it says, it says, a prayer or invocation for harm or injury to come upon one, an entreaty for misfortune. But listen, it says to live in that realm of the dead, and it says to die prematurely by neglect of wisdom. What? What? We can die prematurely by neglect of wisdom? Absolutely. Absolutely, because understand something. When you were born, God had a plan for your life, and the enemy had one too. And the path that we choose determines the outcome. You know, it's like he, the enemy wants to harm you. What's the scripture? It says, I have plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Well, the adverse, the converse of that is what the enemy has for you. Harm and no future. No hope. And we can choose to live there. Now, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Because when he says, I set before you life and death, that kind of seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Cup of death, cup of life. Hmm. And we drink from this thing. But, but we would never admit that we drink from this thing. But the evidence in our life is all over this cup. Because this cup, the curse, carries a diminished existence. This cup carries the words that say you are less than and will never be. This cup says, oh, they're better than I am. This cup says you should have been like your brother. This cup says you're stupid and will never amount to anything. And we drink of it because those are the words that have been spoken over our life and we have come under those. This cup, the cup of life, says you are the head and not the tail. (laughs) You are above and not beneath. You are a chosen priesthood, a royal nation, a a holy priesthood, a chosen generation. This cup says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses me with inner strength so that I am equal to and ready for all things. All things. This cup. But see, we want to drink from this one because this one is the one we believe. And God is going, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Why? 
Not only so that you may live, but so that your children may live. Do you want them to be like you? I don't want my kids to struggle where I struggled. I don't want them to fight devils that I didn't have the strength to fight. I don't want them walking in the realm of the dead because I never chose to walk out of it. Oh, Jesus, I want them alive and active and well and clean in their rooms. <laughs> Sorry. That just, that just, that's like not controlling your words. Oh, the power, the energy of words that is out there. I, I was looking at this. Let me read it to you real quick because I ran across this and I'm like, oh God, that makes so much sense because of the damage that words do. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that your life has stopped and you haven't been able to progress forward. I'm not saying that God hasn't blessed you and that you haven't broken barriers in your life. What I am saying is that the enemy tried to put a ceiling over your life a long time ago with a set of words that sometimes we keep bumping our head against when we try to break free. And God's going, let's get rid of that ceiling. Let's get rid of that ceiling. The, the scripture tells us in Proverbs 15, 4, guys, oh, I love this. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness within it is a breach in the spirit. Think about that. What? It's a breach in the spirit. That word right there is a chever. It's a breach. It is a breaking, a crashing, a, a tear, a rip. It is, um, it, the, the picture that it paints is, when our mouths have overtaken us, when it, when it uses the word perverseness, I'm not, I'm not talking about foul language, though that would fit into this category. Perverseness is a tongue that has been turned away from what is right and good. To be perverted from its original course to be, to, to be changed and, and instead of speaking harm, it now, or speaking good, it now speaks harm. It now does things, oh, the damage that we can do. Perverseness in it is a breach in the spirit. The interesting thing about that word breach is that it is both a noun and a verb. So it is and it does. So when you got somebody who has been walking in brokenness, who has had these kind of words released over, you're worthless, you're nothing, you'll never be anything, you're no good. There's this breach that takes place in the spirit, this breaking that takes place in that person's spirit, according to what I see in this scripture. And not only does it break that person, not only is there a breach in their spirit, they now have the ability with their words to breach other walls. Hurting people hurt people. Breached people breach. And see, the, the crashing, the breaking, the, the picture that it paints is literally like an earthquake going through the center of the spirit. Our words, our words, we have no clue. I have no clue. You have no clue. The power of our words. And see, I hear it all the time. Well, I just can't help it. I, I didn't mean to say that, and and I, you know, I just before I knew it, those words. And I got an anger issue, and I yell a lot, and and I just can't help it. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that because if I pulled up in your driveway and you were standing in your uh, kitchen screaming at your husband, yelling at your kids, it, but you saw me pull up in your driveway, by the time I got to the door, I'd be like, well, hello, Pastor Barbie. <laughs> we were just standing in the kitchen talking scripture. Don't tell me you can't help it because you don't do it in the foyer. <laughs> oh, you can help it. You just don't. And we hurt the people that are closest to us because we have a breach in our spirit that our mouth that gives evidence to. And can I tell you something? If your mouth is your issue... Your flesh isn't your issue, your spirituality is. Because according to the... <laughs> I like that. Stop! <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that I could. Um... <laughs> I want you to think about that. <clears throat> the next time your mouth runs off with you, I want you to hear this word, breach. Breach. Something's upside down here. Something's broken here. There's some damage in here. I also want you to understand that everybody in this room now knows that you're breached. (laughs) When you hear somebody saying something like, oh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let's let's not be that. And see, God gives us a way to choose. This life, when he says choose life, and blessing instead of death and cursing. He gives us a way to do that. And you're going to find that in Nehemiah. But more, well, you're going to find it all through the word. But in Deuteronomy 11, the Lord begins to lay out how, as a people, we move from curse to blessing. And it's really simple. It's really simple. But it's so simple, we have to add stuff to it to make it more difficult. So then we have an excuse for not doing it. <laughs> Um, because he tells us two things, two things to come from curse into blessing, two things. First, return to him with your whole heart. Return to him with your whole heart and love him with your whole heart. See, that sounds so good on the surface, but it's so hard to do because we've given so much of ourselves to everybody else. We've given so we've shattered ourselves and we scatter ourselves around to where there's nothing whole about us. And, and, and we come into service and we try to quick grab hold of pieces and pull it together here and here and here so we can offer something of ourselves to Him. But God's going, return to me with your whole heart. With your whole heart. To be wholehearted about him, to fall in love with him, to be captivated by him. Um, and the second thing is to obey his words. To obey his words. And, and that's that sounds all well and good until they interfere with ours. When when you know, you can be obedient all day long if he's told you to eat chocolate. <laughs> Until at night when you're going. But uh, sometimes obedience is pleasant. But I'm not going to give you the percentages on what isn't. 
Because it can be hard to follow him because most of the time it battles, it's a battle with our flesh. See, I didn't want to bring this message because a few weeks ago, about eight weeks ago, in fact, and some of you know this, about eight weeks ago we had a young lady who came at one of our breaking bridge builders, whatever we're doing, bridge builders (laughs) services. And we have such a good time at those. I mean, we rejoice in those nights and we, we have a good night and and I turned around, this young lady had come with her family and, or with a, another young lady and turned around and she was gone. She was nowhere to be found. Nowhere. We looked for her, could not find her, was not answering cell phone. We couldn't find her. We lost some <laughs> woman down. Um, <laughs> we lost her. Well, come to find out, um, I met with her the following day and she said, I had to leave. Those people were too happy. And she said, when I watched them and they had joy, she said, it just drove home how miserable I was. She left and she walked home. She walked home down toward O'Charlie's. I'm like, man, you really want to get away if you're going to. That next day, she gave her heart to the Lord. And so I used that against God. <laughs> and I said, God, these people don't want to hear anything about walking under a curse. They've been set free. And I just kind of felt like God went, really? Really? Because we can put on any face that we want to. We're good at it. We're good at it. But one day, walls will talk, people. And that ride home from church, we're going to hear about it. But anyway... <laughs> So God has life and blessing for you if you will just return to him with your whole heart and you will begin to be um, enraptured with his words. Can I tell you something? And some of you know this because I've written about it on my blog. Um, His words, and I'm using the word words with specific intent because we hear words, and I know that there's the word, but I'm talking to you about the words that come from his mouth. The words that come from his mouth. Um, Pastor Wayne asked me one time, he said, or he just said, when you turn to the corner, you turn to the corner. Well, number one, I didn't know there was a corner. And I didn't know that all the way up to that corner, I had been the most double-minded person you ever want to meet. Just so unstable in everything. Scripture tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And we like to stop right there because that's bad enough. But then it goes on and the rest of that Scripture says, let not that man think he will receive anything from God. I know, why would he put that in there? A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all of their ways. Let not that man or woman think they will receive anything from God. Everything about my life was unstable. Everything in me was unstable because I hadn't grabbed hold of what I needed to grab hold of. And the only thing, guys, that can rescue you from your instability, that can rescue you from living underneath this curse of words that is over our lives at times is a love for his word. Just a love for his word. Because if you will love his word, if you will get into his word, it changes everything else. Everything else. And see, I didn't like his word. And so I had a small issue with getting into his word. And then I heard this lady teach and, and she said, if you don't understand the word, and if you don't 
really have a passion for the Word? Pray and ask God to give you a love and a passion for His Word. And you know what my stupid response was in my spirit? But if I ask Him to give me a love for His Word, then He'll know that I didn't love it. (laughs) He is so patient. (laughs) Like I was keeping that hidden from him with with the two inches of dust on my Bible. And I begin to pray and I begin to go, okay, God, that woman said that I could ask you to give me a love for your word. And I began to ask him, God, please give me a love for your word. And it became alive to me. It became better than anything that I could have put my hands on or any treatment I could have received. It came better than any 12-step program I could have been a part of. Anything. I grabbed hold of his word as the lifeline that it was. And, and where my life used to be surrounded by all of these other words, all of these other words of cursing, all of a sudden life began to come into, into me. It surrounded me. Can I tell you something? I told him in first service, you artists out there, you got to paint me something because if I do it, it's going to be a stick figure. But what I see when I, when I think about what he did in my life, I see his word all around me. I see it in and through me, just encompassing everything that I am. His words have become everything that sustains me. Everything that sustains me. It's his word. His word, it is alive and it is active and there is nothing like it. And if you want to change, it's in there. It's in there. It's in the word. Let it become bread and life and water to you. I'm telling you something. God, I'm asking that you give them a love for your word. Oh God, that all of a sudden, God, from your hand, desire would spring up in them, Father. And with that desire, God, understanding, I pray the page would explode before them, Father, redolent with life, Father, with revelation from you, God. Oh Lord, do that for us. Do that for us so that we can love you like we're supposed to love you, God. Oh, he's so faithful. His word will turn your corner. His word will turn your corner. Ah, Jesus. I really believe God wants to do something here today. Because I believe that some of you didn't even recognize you had a ceiling. But some of you are remembering some words. Some of you got some repentance to do. But it's not because, it's not because uh, I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not talking to you about the curse of words. I'm talking to you about the blessing beyond them. I'm talking to you about the potential of your life beyond that. I'm going to need some musicians. The Lord reminded me. The Lord reminded me when I was just a young girl. uh, Very young. There was this person in my life. And it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter um, it could be something as simple as, oh, I really think we ought to go here, or I really wish we would do this. And that person, their response to me was always, nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares what you think. You need to be quiet because that was stupid. And then it got to where I would get quieter, and I would get quieter because I, 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 I took those words because they were older than me, and I took those words and I just kind of wrapped myself in them, and I thought, Okay, nobody cares what I think. And 
if I do say something, it's going to be stupid. And so I need to just be quiet. And that's what I did. I got very quiet for a long period of time. And I just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't want to hear it. And I believed it. And I came under it. And, um, and then <laughs> we're going to need some prayer warriors in a minute. And then I was riding in a car with my family, with a bunch of us one day. And we had a station wagon, many seats, and they were full. And that person happened to be in that car. And they began to do the same thing. And the Lord said, oh, and I just remember my mom saying, and I use the words out of the blue, but she said, I want everybody in here to hush. I want everybody in here to be quiet except for Barbie. And she said, and Barbie, I want you to sing because I love to hear your voice. And I remember sitting there with everything silent. And I remember going, if I open my mouth, is she going to tell me to be quiet and that nobody cares? And sitting there, I just made my choice. And I began to sing. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is. And in that moment, Guys, it was as if I lifted my face to the sun for the first time. It was like somebody speaking to me out of the book of Job for the first time. It was full face in the sun. And God, from that moment, took the song and replaced the words of cursing. What the enemy wanted to do in my life, God overcame through a song. And can I tell you something? God has a song for you today. God has something more for you. If, if you've been told you'll never be enough, you're not smart enough, you'll never get there from here. I wish you were like your brother. You should have done this. You should have been that. You're going to be this. I stand against it in the name of Jesus. Father, you are there the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God, <laughs> you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You are not any of those things. And can I get the prayer warriors to come, please? And I need a couple of extras. Can we stand? I want to do that song that you did in first service. There will be no one like you. Can we do that? Now, I'm going to ask you to come forward, but I'm not asking you to come forward so that we can talk to your curse. We're going to speak to your blessing. We're going to speak to that place of beyond that in just a minute. And the rest of us are going to declare there will be no one like you. So, Father, I ask right now for a release of your Holy Spirit. Those who have been under the curse of words, Father God, I ask today in the name of Jesus that they be released full and completely, Father God. I pray, Lord, that the curse be replaced with the blessing as they come forward and words of blessing are spoken over them, Father. I pray for a clean slate. I pray for a do-over. I pray for a begin-again today, Father, under your words, in Jesus' name. Amen.